0: Life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility, but driving shouldn't be just another chore.
1: We're here to help you find a car you love, something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back.
0: I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. This should be quite a podcast. You and I are extra snarky tonight. <laughs> I know. As soon as the conversation starts, when you come over, yes. <laughs> I can tell. This yes. is going to be funny. We,
1: we, we've, we've both kind of had a day. So, yeah, uh, but we're excited yeah. about the car debates. There's been uh, various uh, various car news that's happened. There's been so many great questions from you yeah, guys. Yeah, thank so we're you gonna guys. Really try to kind of front load the car debates and get to a lot of questions because there are so many. We've got a cool car debate from Julian writing to us from California and another one from Hogan writing to us from Chicago. We'll cover, cover both of those, and I'm, I'm looking over the.
0: Gosh, that's a big list of questions. Of just the ones that I marked, I can only imagine the ones you marked. It's huge, and it's they're great. creative, it's and great. it seems like everybody is just feeling it today.
1: I yeah. don't know why. And, and I'm, I'm going to give you the, the warning again. We uh, a couple of things. Actually, you know what? I just thought of something else we should share. Oh, okay. And that is Denver? Oh, we're going to do a Denver meetup.
0: Wow. Yes. I should mention that's that it's fast. coming up
1: quick. And if you're if you're not listening to the podcast the day it's released, if you are, hi, happy Friday. Thank God Friday came this <laughs> this week because they have had a week. But but if you if you're a little bit behind, we are coming to Denver in a couple of weeks. It's it's actually a little uh, over week a week and a half, a little over a week. Yeah, we're going to try to do some sort of meet up dinner. It's going to be very very informal, total meet up dinner. We'll, so watch this space, kind of on on Facebook. We'll let you know where we're going to be, Twitter, right. etc. We'll let you know.
0: Maybe Boulderish in Possibly. that area, yeah, yeah, not quite Denver, but probably think in more Boulder. Yeah, so yeah. just think that area. So if you'd
1: like to join us for dinner somewhere. Look at our social media platforms. We'll be mentioning where that's going to be, which is interesting. Uh, But also keep in mind, 300th podcast is coming up very soon. (laughs) That is all questions all the time and none
0: of them cars. That's right. All right. Well, guys, we're jumping right into the debates. As Todd said, we've got one from Julian Yu. He's out in Pomona, California. Both of these debates, as a matter of fact, are about a $10,000 car. Mm-hmm. And I will just say I consider the $10,000 car to be a ten dollars to $15,000 car. That's my range that I'm looking in. Well, well, to your credit. But they did give me some limiters in here that are above ten.
1: Yeah. To your credit, both of these guys said, I want to spend ten grand, and they proceeded to give a Paul limiter <laughs> <I know. laughs> a few $1,000 above that. So they know who they're talking Which with. Which I like. For sure. Yes.
0: They, they know who they're dealing with here. So. Yeah. Julian is a longtime listener, first-time emailer. Julian, hello. Thank you, man, for, for writing sure. in. And really appreciate it. He gives us the car history, but I want to get to the car that gave up the engine after 205,000 miles Yes, right after his friend drove it. <laughs> he, he said, huh, coincidentally, I let a friend borrow it strange, and then it blew up. I don't know what happened. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and here's the thing. Here's the, here's the worst part of that. If they're actually a real genuine friend of yours, you're not going to call them on it. And there's really no way. There's really no way to know because truthfully, right, right, it, you could have driven it for that same week and had it back now, and the engine could still blow. Very there's true. There's really no way to know. Or yes, it's possible they they hooned it and now it's all bad. But there's there's just no way.
0: Yeah. Very true. All right. So this car is a Lexus IS 300. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's owned an 3 Civic Si. He's had a '96 Civic, a '99 Miata NB. Lots of different cars here. But he's thinking, like I said, in the 10 to 12, 10 to 14 range. yeah, yeah Somewhere yeah. in there. He's a
1: 10 to 14 for sure, yeah. Okay.
0: So Julian's wife has a 2016 Scion IM she enjoys. Mm-hmm. But right now they're stuck with pretty high payments because they're upside down after being in a 2012 focus that gave them terrible transmission problems and therefore she is anti-Ford. Mm-hmm. I really read that in here. She's well, She's got a grudge yeah, against Ford they had right now. To,
1: they had to essentially sell that car, be underwater on it, and roll that into the loan of this Scion IM. So now the Scion, let's be honest, is now costing them more than it should. That is one of the worst situations. I we've known other people in the same situation. It's just bad, and it, it almost always happens this way, too. It's almost always we had a car that was so unreliable we had to get rid of it,
0: and in getting rid of it, we're now underwater. And now what do you have to do? You have to roll that into the next car, which is the worst thing ever. So, Jillian, do not apologize that your budget is so low. It is what it is. It it very much is. And I liken that to design projects. And design Mm, projects that have a lot of restrictions, you have to get more creative. It's Mm, easy for mm. Todd and I to say, hey, we've got a $100,000 budget. Well okay, where do we start? Sure. But with a $10,000 budget with your requirements, yeah. which yeah, we're going yeah. to get to in just a little bit, mm-hmm. it also almost makes us more creative in thinking of choices. I'm really proud of the stuff I came up with. I good. cannot wait good, to share. Good. But like I said, it's like the the design project. You, you appreciate design on a $2 toothbrush versus <laughs> a high-end <laughs> yacht. Well, sure, you had an unlimited budget. You can do whatever you want. Who cares how much the marble costs and you had to fly it in from wherever? Who cares? Sure. But this toothbrush, look at the design, and it was inexpensive to manufacture, and it's this mm. great thing that feels good in your hand, and blah. You get the point. Yeah, I but do. I do. The 10 to 14 range is what he's looking at. He says, Paul limited to 14,000, but we're looking at 10, mm-hmm. and the goal was to not have payments at all because of the high payment they, they currently make on his wife's car, as we mentioned. Yep. Another four years left on that thing. That's brutal. That's true. And then brutal. the Lexus died unexpectedly. Yeah. So this is where their options are at. They had some unexpected medical expenses, unfortunately. We're sorry to hear that. Yeah. So that further cements the budget in place. So fourteen is what I'm dealing with. Even though I had a wild card, but I want you to hear it, Julian, just open okay. mind and then you might All be right. able to find them for less. So just good, good, good. When you hear that, just keep that in mind. Then there's two other things that are going on here.
1: The catches as he puts them. Because <laughs> he, he said, you know, he had that NB Miata, and he'd love to have another one, except for the fact <clears throat> uh he's a drummer. Yes. And he has to carry his drum kit places. And his wife, she, okay, if, if the world were on fire, you know the lava the flows are happening in Hawaii. Oh, right yes, now. yes. If yes. the lava's coming down the street and she needs to save the car, his wife could probably drive stick. <laughs> but short of that situation, his wife does not drive stick.
0: Right, that's a good way of putting it. You need to get out of here, and um, yeah. you're transporting some very angry tigers, and there's lava flow coming. I think you're going to learn. She's going right she, to she can drive
1: stick well, but she doesn't want to have to. So <laughs> that means he can't have a tiny car that stick shift because he'll have to borrow her car to take the drums, and now she's stuck. Right. So we have to have something that theoretically he can enjoy, and it can be stick. But it's going to be only driven by him, but it has to be able to haul the drums.
0: Right. Because when he had the 99 Miata, he would steal her car to go to practice and mm-hmm. gigs. Yeah. I'm guessing the kick drum doesn't really fit in the Miata, and you kind of need something, I don't know, wagon maybe? hatchy and wagging at least at least hatchy and handly for or sure, yes. maybe go the Roland digital drums I had a friend who had that kit he had the all digital stuff and he really liked it because you can practice with headphones and all you hear is just tap tapity tap 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 tap
1: I could I could hear that discussion <laughs> with the band right now Julian I can hear that I mean they you, work, hey, they hey, used hey guys them. hey guys I, I, I love what we do I'll be at our next gig but I just want to let you know I bought a Miata so I sold the drum <laughs> kit but I bought these digital drums it's going to be awesome Really, guys, believe I me. I kind of like that idea, actually.
0: Well, you can change it's all frightening. the different sounds. It's you can create so many different like sounds out of the different pads because you can buy a ton of pads <laughs> and they're all digital and you can go right to the mixing board anyway. And they, and they stack in a Pelican case that fits yeah. perfectly in the back of the Miata. Problem solved. Julian, thanks for writing in. <laughs> You're buying Miatas. Perfect. Well done. The drums are expensive. The car has to be really cheap anyway. <laughs> that limits our budget even more. So he says, all right, even though Julian prefers stick. He's okay with the automatic, mm-hmm. all right? And I'm guessing his wife might want to drive the car after we get Possibly, done suggesting yeah. some things. Okay. He's out in Pomona, California. Have you ever been out to the drag strip out there, yeah. Julian? Fantastic place. Uh, yeah, it's uh, actually a lot of fun when the uh, NHRA comes through.
1: But it means that he's sometimes also driving in L.A. traffic, which well, makes yeah, automatic something. Miles you're, not gonna about, you're really not going to complain about that at all.
0: Right. Sometimes he goes to Orange County, but okay. He's got some commuting to do, and he's got the drums. Yeah, He yeah. says he can fit those into smaller sedans like the Impreza and the IS300. The IS is dead. Mm-hmm. It's behind you. It's in your past. But he's been looking at this first-generation Mazda Speed 3 even though he's not a huge fan of the torque steer. That's part of its charm. You could that's, look at that's it that really, way. That's, that's fundamental to who it is, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. He's also looking at the first generation IS-250 and IS-350s, which is his choice. Second choice for him is an Acura TL for his budget, kind of looking at the late 2000s Subaru Legacy GT. Yeah. But he's thinking, well, head gasket issues on the high-mileage Subarus. I'm not sure. And then he's also extra cautious about anything German because of maintenance, especially Mm at that price point. Sure. I definitely get it. You know, you can't really shake this stigma, apparently. So, yeah, I've been thinking A4 Quattros, E46s, but I'm going to leave that off my list for now. Okay, good. I'm going straight in. Okay. And, again, don't worry about your budget because – to start off with, I found you something that's almost half your budget, Julian. This wait, hey, everybody listening, <laughs> hang on. I, I knew that was. Hang on be shocking. to something, <laughs> and if
1: you're commuting, like hang on to the handrail because this is I don't know if this has happened before. Paul is coming with half the budget.
0: Well, I'm, that's where I'm starting because then okay. I, I will. I know you'll blow, blow it, it out. out. I get that. All right, so it's a 2001 okay. Honda Prelude, mm. fifty-one thousand miles. Okay. It's available in Georgia for seventy-nine hundred dollars. It's a fun little car. Now. How are we doing on drums? Not so great. I'm still yeah. thinking of cymbals and kick drums, and yeah. even the big floor toms are going to be a problem with that car. So, This again, is why you
1: like the digital drums. Digital drums. I get it. That's funny.
0: So, just saying, fun, inexpensive cars. You yeah. have to go yeah, back, yeah. but who cares? It's a Honda Prelude. They're a lot of fun. I yeah. still like how they look. They are cool. Many Honda fits. Many yes. Honda fits. Yes. For your a, 10 a to 14. of Honda fits. Yes. Would you say we have a plethora? Yes. And then I went to the Honda CRZ EX. Oh, okay. Found you one with 27,000 miles for 11.9. Julian.
1: That might fit the
0: drum maybe. Now, maybe it's it's marginal. I went kind of to the, you know, Honda Prelude hatch is essentially what this car is <laughs> later on down the road. Yeah. So maybe again it depends on if you can leave the kick drum and the floor toms at the place where you practice and just bring your snare
1: <laughs> guys we're only playing gigs where they already have a drum kit that's what we're doing from now on
0: i mean theoretically drummers should be carrying the lightest load possible they just roll up with their sticks and that's it <laughs> and i brought a few mallets instead all right so that led me to your car mini cooper okay yeah i see it for sure because for this sure. genuinely has a chance mm-hmm. to fit a drummer's life yes Take out the back seat. It's practically a pickup. I mean, I, I
1: genuinely use mine like a pickup. You could fit a drum kit in there, no problem.
0: If it's a pickup and then you have the tonneau cover that fits, you know, sticks up a little bit. Anyway. <laughs> Terrible. Suddenly we've got a Nissan Pulsar NX. Anyway. Yeah, well, hey, it was modular. It's remember great. Remember those cars? It's all you ever need. <laughs> so I found you a third generation F56. This is the 2015 Mini Cooper or the Mini 1 two-door hatch. All right. Okay. okay. It's not the S. But this car had, remember, the 1.5-liter three-cylinder turbo okay, in yeah. the base, the entry-level car. If you want the Mini Cooper S, mm-hmm. that bumps you up to the four-cylinder, more horsepower. Yeah. But this one that I found you, six-speed auto, so right within your price point, okay? Sure, so it's, sure, sure. So it's 13 or so right in there. I bet you could find a bunch of them. But I wanted you to have a more modern car and something that you wouldn't fear. Okay, even though it technically is German... It's still going to run like the hatches, Hopefully. the long-lived hatches that we know. Do a, and love.
1: do a lot of mini research because you have a, <laughs> a ton of minis you can work with. I mean, obviously, I have the the older it's the R53, and you know those tend to be at least in mini world. Fairly reliable, but then there are the oddballs, and there yeah. are some generations more than others. Do your research, but I like that you are bringing up many because I actually hadn't gone there. I am like you are bringing it up because you yeah. can find so many options out there. You could chase the right one. You may find the weird car like I've got. Who knows?
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I am thinking. But that brings me to my wild card choice for you, okay. Julian. All right, it's also a Lexus because you've been Lexus guy. I thought what a great way to come back home twenty fourteen Lexus CT two hundred H. Hmm. Picture that in your mind. Mm-hmm. It's kind of waggony, kind of hatchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some hybrid and eco ness going on, but there you never is. have to put it in that mode. You can leave it in sport mode, which it has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that affects the throttle and the steering. Okay, sure, so it sure, sure. Brings sure. you some sport. 40.
1: It's kind of the lexified Mazda Speed Three. It's not quite that well, <laughs> hot,
0: but it's kind of the lexified It has the of that engine car. out of the Prius and it's built on the Corolla platform. So it's, it's, it's a, kind it's a of lexified car. everything. Yeah, it is. Anyway, yeah. Forty six thousand one hundred and forty five miles mm. for fifteen thousand okay. dollars. Now okay, I see it. that's a bit much, I but I see it. They might take fourteen five, maybe, mm. but only forty six thousand miles. I found it at Alpha Motorsports in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Okay. So hey, they exist. There's <laughs> more than that available, but course, I give this course, to you as, as an example. example. It was yeah, in yeah. black, black on black. It's something your wife can drive. It's mm-hmm. got the four doors, drums all day long. You could probably fit the whole trap set and the whole kit in there. <laughs> Hi hats, everything. Everything goes in, and it's still got a modicum of sportiness to it. Sure, yeah, yeah. I would say yeah, so. Yeah. It does have the sport mode, but yeah, there, there's some trade offs in this category. But again, 2014 car, it's still a modern car. Okay. And it's a Lexus. So it's coming back home to that for you, Julian. 15. Interesting. I see it. I see might it. might be able to find one for 14.2. Maybe they'll take 14.5. Talk them down. I like it. Say, hey, the guys recommended this. Give me a deal. Funny. Funny. That's where I'm at, Julian. So I like it. Take this into consideration, but otherwise go drive some stuff. Maybe that Prelude or, yeah, yeah. many Honda fits. There's fits
1: everywhere. Yeah, that all day long for, for the true for sure. I, I read his mention about the first-gen Mazda Speed 3, and then I read everything else, and I thought, wait a minute. Especially when he got down here to the Ford, uh, pardon me, the Ford, the Super Legacy GT. Mm-hmm. He brought that up and was like, I don't know. How is that going to be high miles? And then I thought, wait, wait, hang on. Mazda Speed 6.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Good-sized four-door, decent-sized trunk. Now it's manual only, but if it's your car only, mm. okay. Mazda Speed 6 is well within this budget. And they aren't big. I mean, if you look at a Mazda Speed 6 next to your typical, your, the current Honda Accord, the Honda Accord looks like a 7 Series by comparison. Yeah. They, they've only gotten bigger and that Mazda Speed 6 is not that big a car. I mean, it's almost like the new Civic size, the brand It almost Civic. feels like that. Yeah. It kind of feels yeah, yeah. like that size. It's crazy. So, I Amazing. mean, it's, it's a little bit bigger than that but not by much. So, I think you could fit, I mean, I, I don't, I honestly don't remember. Somebody will check me. I honestly don't remember if on that Mazda Speed 6 it still had a the, the back seat that folded flat or not to the trunk. I don't remember.
0: I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on that. But, but can't either remember offhand. But either
1: way, it's it's a decent sized car. So between your trunk and your back we seat. Rack? No, no, Between your trunk and your <laughs> back seat, I feel, I feel confident you can get your drum kit in there. And I think it is, I mean, it gets rid of the torque steer problem that the Mazda Speed 3 has. And it's a, it's a rare car. It's a fun car. I think if you're going to look at the Speed 3, which I, I see why, you need to drive and find a Mazda Speed 6. Mm, that's a good one. The other one I thought of, I went away from four doors. Okay. But I think can work. I really think this can work. Giant SUVs? No. No. No, no. Yeah. Yeah, two-door Yukons. (laughs) That's where I went. No, no, no. Not at all. Uh, Because I thought, let's get you an enthusiast car. Yeah. You haven't had a full-on enthusiast car, but I need to have reliability, halfway decent gas mileage. Needs to have some good trunk space. Let's get in an automatic so your wife can drive it. I actually say go either way, but the first gen hyundai genesis coupe you can get these Good. all day long for this price you drop that back seat; it has genuine pass-through space i fully believe you could get your drum set in there
0: i love it when i forget about a car and Isn't then it comes funny? back around to fit a certain situation Isn't that funny and it, happens, that. it happens
1: all the time it's crazy yeah. so i mean look you, you could say and somebody probably is saying it out there you could say 86 as well but the sure. genesis is a nicer interior you're not a guy looking to track you don't have a history of of uh, running
0: back roads, I think the Genesis is the better call for you. I think from a commute standpoint, it feels like a bigger car, more substantial yes. car than the V6. Agreed. Agreed. to be honest. So I think
1: the Genesis Coupe, I think in spite of being two doors, because you're not worried about child seats, you're worried about where do my drums go? Fold that back seat down, figure it out. It's going to go in there. Right. And I, I personally would recommend the V6 over the 2-liter turbo, You're going to find both out there for this money. I actually know we have our friend Greg. His oldest son has a first-gen Genesis Coupe. Right,
0: right, right, right.
1: And by the way, side note: his oldest son is uh, (laughs) is is nineteen. Is he nineteen now? Uh, pretty much. Okay. And uh, and he has a Genesis Coupe that is that honestly he got he got it for like ten or eleven grand. Right. And it's it's a it's uh, I may get that a little wrong, but it's about about what it is. It's like eleven grand, I think, is what he paid for it. Um. Yeah, this is his kind of first big car purchase. <laughs> his his monthly payment on the car is just over $200. Right, didn't he
0: say it was 210 or something like that? His
1: insurance in Los Angeles for the car every month is $250.
0: Yeah. He pays more for
1: insurance than he does for the car itself. I don't think that's Julian's issue. I know I'm off in the weeds, but I just. but but It's one still of the, astounding. It, it's crazy. Exactly. About one that. of the reasons yeah. I thought of, of the Genesis Coupe is because he's having a good experience with that car that he bought used. And I think those cars run well. They seem to be pretty reliable yeah. over time. Yeah. So I, I think it's a real option for you. I, I, I'm, now I've gotten you in a full-on sports car, full-on rear-wheel drive sports they car. They really are. Yeah. So rear-wheel I say drive. go for it.
0: They're probably what about uh, eight ten years old at this point, but still you can find them with low miles Why not? and great Why shape, not? Yep. and they still look really good. They still look really
1: relevant. I think over time the first gens have aged really well, and the second gens haven't. I, I we mentioned before when the second when the second gen came out, because the the front was kind of controversial on that car. I, I kind of thought oh, okay, cool, all right, you've changed it, all that kind of thing. But I don't think that second gen front uh, actually aged very well. The first gen now, when I see it, still turns my head. Looks great,
0: cool. I like it. All right, Julian, you've got some deciding to do, some driving to do, so you and your wife need to take a Saturday. Go have some fun. Hopefully you find something. Let us know what you get. But we will move on to Hogan's email here. He is in Chicago. Hogan B. says he's been listening to the podcast since early December, and he's working his way through Season 1 on Amazon. Thank you. Yeah, thank you Thanks so much. Season 2 is up as well. There mm-hmm. will be more of our films coming your way. The 50 Years of the 9-11 is currently up. Yeah, Icon's coming very soon. Yeah, yeah that will be hopefully within days Uh, So watch for that. He says the car disease in him has been dormant for about two years since he met his wife. (laughs) Sorry about our damage to your marriage. I'm sorry. Wait. And then we reactivated it. Uh That's what we do. Yep. So he's got this car debate here. He and his wife, Rachel, are in Chicago, and they've been doing a year of volunteer service. They're currently in that. They've been fortunate enough to have family and friends support their efforts. Mm Mm-hmm. And then before moving to Chicago for the year, they sold both their cars and most of their possessions to raise money. Wow. Wow. Holy moly. Yeah. All right. So now they're preparing to move again and they need to go buy a car. They're going to be moving to Richmond, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Well, while you're there, how far is Fredericksburg from <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> Now, Paul's cro- cross shopping cars from yeah, various yeah, car debates. This is interesting. You're close. Go on a little drive. Why is Till now. All, All right. Funny. So they're going to be moving to Virginia. Their budget is also ten grand mm-hmm. and his limiter for me is twelve. Yep. So ten to twelve. Yep. He says I realize that isn't much more. Well, you'd be surprised because of what I found. Okay, good. So he and his wife are going to be sharing this car, but right now there's some tension in the house because there's practical <laughs> reliable versus how fun and enjoyable. So yes, there's for the sure. Rachel versus Hogan. Yeah. I I I want both, but what mm-hmm. do we do? Yep. So with that said, here's the requirements Rachel has. Four doors, Mm -hmm. reliable. It's got to be low maintenance, of course, decent mileage, and automatic transmission. Okay. Okay. All right. So he's got his requirements a lot less here. He just wants fun. Mm -hmm. Pretty much a go-kart would be fine with you, I'm sure. Bring it. Yeah, why not? (laughs) You and I'll go for drives, Hogan. It'll be great. What stuck out in your email here, Hogan, is the sentence where you said, I want something that other people will notice when they ride with me. Hmm. That has stuck out in my mind in my okay. shopping for you. Okay. says the interior doesn't have to be great, doesn't matter. And then he kind of gives us a little bit of history, he includes a pickup truck, a Mustang, a Honda Accord. And his wife, Rachel, has only ever owned a 2004 Volkswagen New Beetle, which she loved until the interior promptly fell apart, <laughs> as you do. Yeah, I guess, yeah. And then did the butt base this- fall off the dash? How did that work? <laughs>
1: no, no car has ever had more headroom than the new Beetle. By the way, <laughs> I, just the next time you see one on the road, I just I challenge you. Next time, whoever you are, next time you see one on the road, just look at the glass of the person sitting (laughs) in it and just see how much headroom they have. I don't care how tall they are. I can wear my
0: entire hat collection. Seriously. Like all of them.
1: Unbelievable. If you get, whenever I have seen a small woman driving a new Beetle. (laughs) It's so funny. It feels like another person could sit on their shoulders.
0: (laughs) It's like they're driving a bubble car. It's the craziest (laughs) thing. We're playing Marco Polo. So uh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. All right, so this last thing is they have this option of buying from a company that finds cars for people doing the work that they're doing. Mm-hmm. So he says what they do is they pick a car based on a price category and then some requirements like yeah, you're giving yeah. to us. Then they find one and do a full reconditioning process on that vehicle before they turn it over to them and they That's buy interesting. it. It's okay. okay, I mean the well, AAA does that. As a matter of fact, they kind of have a car buying service. Sure. You tell yeah, them what yeah. they want. And there's a few other companies around the country mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. probably around the world that do this very same thing. Yeah, but keep in mind, Hogan, that they're going to want to be paid for that extra step. It's not just we're finding you the car. Yeah, if we're doing some reconditioning, well, yeah, we're going to be wanting to pay. Well, for Well, d- depending
1: of thing. upon what they're doing and the company that's involved, maybe that is something that that company gives. But either way, it's got built is, into there, the price is a, somehow, there is an though. extra layer, you would think because they've got to
0: make money somehow. I agree with that. I take that point. I came up with a car for Hogan. And I okay. came up with a car for Rachel. Okay. You guys duke it out, and you have at it. I wasn't quite sure. Oh, wow. Where to leave
1: it. Not not only have we interjected this problem into your marriage, but
0: Paul's going to give you the two sides and just go, have fun. <laughs> Good luck, kids. Pretty much. It's like Celebrity death match. Remember that's, that? That's terrible. That's terrible. Here's the cars. Have at it. And... Um, they're we'll giving up them they give away their stuff, they're giving of themselves,
1: <laughs> they're being nice people, and in the middle of that you drop kind of rock'em sock em robots and just say, have fun,
0: and I'm giving you options here. I I don't see a problem. Okay, the Car for Hogan okay. is a twenty sixteen Ford Fiesta ST, forty six thousand miles for seventy five hundred dollars. Did you know headache. I found it in South Dakota, seventy five hundred dollars, everyone? Fiesta STs are now $7,500. $7,500 for Just a Fiesta Just in case ST? you didn't get that. Yeah, Fiesta STs. And this is a 2016. Only 46,000 miles. Is it salvage? Is it cubed? Did somebody grind it across perfect. a parking lot? You it's ready to me. rock. I could show you the listing. I'm... It's gray with black wheels, but who cares? It's a Fiesta uh, ST. Who cares? What? I... I... They are now that low. Can you believe it? No, I can't. That checks every box except for the automatic transmission. Yes, it does. However, I'm going to think that she will probably put the kibosh on that and say (laughs) no. Teach her to drive stick. Here
1: I am, the <laughs> idiot over here that spent five grand on a mini and said, meanwhile, Fiesta STs are over here at seventy five hundred. Boy, I was just saying. Stupid
0: one there. Which could be a really awesome winter hoonmobile. You put a couple of plastic lunch trays under the rear wheels and They'll go have anyway. fun all winter. They'll
1: do it anyway. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, so that car's probably out, but I just wanted to tease everybody with that car. I am I am completely shocked. Pretty by crazy, that. huh? Twenty twelve Acura TSX sport wagon with forty-two thousand five hundred miles for eleven thousand four hundred dollars, that's pretty compelling. That's in your price range. It's under the Paul limiter. It's in Florida. Rachel, this is your car, hmm. and Hogan. It does fit the bill. It's something that other people will notice. That car is kind of rare. Mm-hmm. People will say, "What? What is this car? How come I don't know about this car?" Hmm. It's four doors. Great gas mileage. Reliable wagony somewhat fun. It's not going to be the most enthusiast hair no, on fire car on the plant, but that's kind of what I'm hearing. Yeah. You need some yeah, space. Yeah. You just need a good road trip car. You need something mm-hmm. unique. 2012 okay. Acura okay. TSX Sport Wagon. It's in your budget. They probably nice. take 11. I bet you they'd take 11 and nice. it's yours in Florida. Let me know if you want the link. Very cool. All right. I, I Wow. All right. I went all over the map. My wild card is the
1: one that I'm, kind of happy about <laughs> You're kind of still stunned about Fiesta STs. I, I, I'm trying to reset myself It used myself to
0: be 12.9, but no longer. Yeah, I felt like that was four <laughs> podcasts ago. Things are <laughs> no. dropping. Anyway,
1: I, I am going to mention, look, you're you're wanting to have an enthusiast car. You've never really had a car you consider a true enthusiast car. You, you've asked a little bit to kind of have your entry into enthusiast cars purchase here, and that Fiesta ST gets it done. So thanks for listening. Uh, no, <laughs> then we're done. So, so as a result, look, I want to bring up two cars that I think really fit the category of being enthusiast, cars are friendly for you, but cars your wife will like. The question mark I have on both is the reliability question. Hmm, sure. Because they're both German. One is a 3 Series BMW. You'd be amazed how much 3 Series BMW you can get for your money. I looked Probably today. pretty new, right? I was shocked. I looked today, and I, and I put that hard cap on at 12000 And I put another hard cap on at 60,000 miles.
0: Oh, really? And still
1: had pages of options. And I'm talking 07 and newer. Really? So if you're going to shop 3 Series, or the other one I have for you is the Volkswagen GTI. Nice. Both of those cars, I think check every box. I think Rachel would be happy in it. I think you'd enjoy driving it. The thing is, you're going to have to shop not cars, but owners,
0: because there's so many pages you're, you're need, saying? Because well, there's so just, many available?
1: Well, just sh- what I'm saying is shop owners. Who is the owner that owns this car? That's good. This is what I'm saying. Kind of like, like when I bought my Mini. Yeah. See if you can find somebody. And I found, I remember I, I stumbled across one. that was like a guy and his wife who owned it since new and taken great care of it. and had 50,000 miles. Like, I'd buy your car. Wow. So, wow. I think if you shop those cars and you find an, – and, and don't get them from a used car dealer because you don't know what the status is. But if you buy them from a person it's true. and you can find out the story of the car and it's been well taken care of, I think then those cars in your price point will be reliable for you because you know what you're getting. Hmm. So 3 Series, okay. I think shop 3 Series. Surprise yourself at what's possible. Volkswagen, GTI, you can just get them. You can just go out and get one. They, they exist for this price, and I think you guys would like that car. In that same category – the Mazda 3. Excellent. A, yeah. a surprisingly fun car to drive, but yet it's also, for Rachel, it's a normal car. It's just a car. Go out, drive it. It's going right. to be reliable. They, they're available for this price. And fun and probably pretty new, too. Yeah, you can do pretty well for this money. So shop Mazda 3s. Those are a good one. Excellent. And then my wild card, because I, I think in 300 podcasts I maybe have brought this car up one other time. Oh. You're going to go, where do I get that serviced? Because it's a fair question, but it's not a complex Uh car. Uh You can get them for this. The Suzuki Kizashi.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes.
1: When you mentioned to me this budget and you said you want a car that people are kind of curious about, every time I see one, I see one occasionally in Salt Lake, every time I see one, it turns my head. And they're not common either. They're not, and they look great still. They're great looking. They were great little four door. It, whatever you envision in your mind, this is the size of a Honda Civic, that's the Kazashi. It's that size.
0: It's I just not, like saying the word, really. It is.
1: It is. Absolutely. It's it's a good-looking car. It honestly was a—it's one of those situations, kind of like the Chevy SS uh, or the, the Pontiac
0: Solstice kind of world. Right. They're good cars as a brand is dying. And parts and services. the question mark, though, for that car. I mean, what about yeah. just filters, oil filters that fit that car? The, what about—
1: I can't think in the modern time that you're going to be like, I don't know where to find it. I think there's got to be available. Because they're out there, they're on the road. It's not like they're not on the road anymore.
0: I see a few here in Salt Lake that are driven a lot. Sure. And they're going to be on the East Coast, and there's probably a lot of availability out there. And they
1: aren't complex in that, what is this? It's not like buying yourself a Fisker, where it's like, how do I get this (laughs) serviced? You know what I mean? And there's a question coming up about Fiskers, and I'm coming back to you. Just just wait. (laughs) But but here's the thing. You you could go to kind of any mechanic, and they could figure out how to work on your Suzuki. It's not going to be some weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be unique. They don't have great interiors, but they have solid interiors. They're nice cars. They're all-wheel drive. They're decent to drive. I remember driving one. They're decent to drive. They're actually surprisingly fun. So I know I'm in wild card territory because it's who makes Suzuki's, but this will get you looked at. It'll get you, what is this car? Because it's a cool little car. Staying there is my wild card.
0: Fantastic. Wow, excellent stuff. I love stuff like that. I forgot about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cars we forgot about. I, I was about. reading
1: along, and he made that comment about, I want a car that people are kind of curious about. And I went, wait a minute.
0: How much are those? Who's are they dirt cheap because they're they're out of production? They're in that world. This this world of ten to twelve grand. Go get one. Go get Amazing. one. Amazing. All right. Well, uh, guys, you've got some deciding to do, some driving to do. Much luck with all of your volunteer service, and uh, hope this helps. We've got a whole back half of the podcast coming yeah, at you do. for uh, all social media questions right after this. If you're into sports, then check out Eyes on Sports with Susie Schuster and Rich Eisen every Wednesday on the Podcast One Sports Net. The Emmy-nominated sportscaster and her equally impressive
1: husband examine the latest stories in sports from the eyes of both professionals and parents.
0: Check out the Eyes on Sports podcast at the Podcast One Sports Net and Apple Podcasts. Also, remember to rate and review that one and this one.
1: Let's talk about Brush Hero real quick. It is a must-have, I think it is, for your car care arsenal. Brush Hero is water powered. It's a detailing tool. It doesn't move quickly. It actually, it's this very simple little thing. You look at it and you think, how does this work? It's this very simple thing. It just has lots of torque. You can get two great brush heads, a soft one for sensitive surfaces and a harder one for stubborn, stubborn muck. I used it on
0: a mountain bike and it was brilliant. While originally designed for fast and easy expert level car and motorcycle detailing, The Brush Hero can clean virtually anything. You name it. Rain gutters, barbecues, lawnmowers, boats, and more. It's really easy to use. Just hook it up to any standard garden hose, flip the handy on-off switch, and start cleaning. It's a great gift idea, too. They've got an extensive line of gift sets and accessories.
1: Everyday Driver listeners can enjoy 10% off their order at BrushHero.com with the code DRIVER. That's right. Use the code DRIVER for this show to get 10% off. You can also find Brush Hero at select Costco and Walmart stores. If you don't want the discount... All orders over $40 ship for free. And again, if you use the code DRIVER, you get 10% off. GEICO presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. A slippery bathroom floor can result in expensive hospital bills. So today, I'll show you how to cushion a serious fall by filling your bathroom with thousands of plastic balls. Just nail a piece of plywood across the doorway and dump in 2,000 multicolored plastic balls. You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the Geico Insurance Agency. Visit geico.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. We're back with questions from social media. Thank you, guys. For all of these questions, and we are looking forward to podcast three hundred when it's all questions all the time. It's going to because be I, can, I yeah. feel like you guys are winding up for big ones. That's what I'm feeling like. So we're going to jump right into the questions, and I'm going to start with you, Sean. I mentioned it right before the break. <laughs> I'm starting with you, Sean. Your question on Facebook is: A Fisker Karma was a terrible deal, new, <laughs> but now you can get them for thirty five grand. You're asking about buying a Fisker Karma for thirty five grand.
0: I am hmm. awash
1: in thoughts. There is, there's actually one in that charcoal gray color that lives here in Park City, and I see it regularly. Do you really? Yeah. I never see one. Yeah. I've seen one. Actually, I say regularly. I would say I see it once or twice a month. It always turns my head because that thing still looks like a spaceship. And I'm pretty sure the people here in Park City that have it probably bought it new.
0: Hmm.
1: Sean, my number one question for you with this car is who's going to work on it?
0: Yeah. Because...
1: Does it share enough tech with the upcoming whatever they've called? What, what Are they called just Karma now? What is the company that this It's became? been
0: rebranded as Karma. The Fisker name is exactly. dropped, so the Karma is the Karma. How do you like that for exactly. Karma?
1: So there's that. So, so there's that. Are, is that far enough along that the tech side could be serviced? Now, a lot of this, the underpinnings and stuff were partnered with GM. So theoretically, if you get somebody that knows how to work on the Chevy Volt, they theoretically should know how to work on the Fisker. My problem is not that it's that it's thirty five grand and should you get one. My problem is what happens if and I mean this, anything goes wrong. Because I, it's not like the Suzuki I mentioned before the break. That car I could roll into any mechanic and be like, fix this, and he'd probably go, Yeah, sure. The Fisker Karma, half of them are gonna look at it like, did you land a spaceship in my bay? Yeah, because you did. hmm If you had yeah. said if you had said they were fifteen to twenty grand, I would say take the leap. Thirty-five or so grand, you're taking a gamble on what if it stops running?
0: Yeah, I liked the uh, the commentary on dropping a V8 because Bob Lutz did. He called yeah. it the VL Destino Destino, yeah, hey, yeah. and he dropped the 6.2 liter V8 in that thing and kind of gave it the power and engine that it should have well, had from the beginning. It's the
1: classical thinking of everything would be better with an LS and Bob Lutz
0: just proving it, yeah. I mean, he kind of did just because he can, but yeah, it was, uh, it was very interesting. I'm actually surprised to see that design and how long that and iterations of it are still around in yeah. various forms, yeah. from the original Fisker out to the new Karma company and they're mm-hmm. funded and they're selling mm-hmm. cars and they're building them and, and they you can look, go buy
1: one. They still look really cool but it's amazing but you're buying you're buying dead tech i hate to say it but who services that yeah cheap though <laughs> yeah. Here, here's the thing look i'm 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 reaching a little bit to say this it's not quite a steam car but it's in that area you know what i mean yeah yeah you're buying yeah. you're buying yes this worked i'm sure it can be worked on who is the person that knows how
0: right hmm okay so steam cars for everyone that's uh, that thanks thanks for listening love it all right, over to Instagram. I'm going there. Joe P. Eighty Seven. Uh oh. Said any suggestions for how to get my wife to stop putting her feet up on the dashboard? Oh no. Okay, you went with this one. All right, good I am. Up. All right, go. George Mystic Negro says, "Ask nicely," which I agree with. That is the start. That's yes. the mm-hmm. beginning. The legend continues, says, ask her calmly but firmly to get out of the car. <laughs> Yeesh. I don't know about that. That ends badly later. That is a current victory for a larger loss later is what that is. Yes. <laughs> then Cold Iron says, tell her about the girl who had her feet slammed so hard in the windshield she had permanently damaged legs from the airbag exploding. There's been multiple stories like that, and some of them are grisly. Yes, and so there brings into the safety issue, mm-hmm. which can always be compelling. I, I'm always with the ass nicely. Just, hey, it just kind of bugs me. Could you not do that? Mm-hmm. I'm also going to the place where it, it's just extra work. You know what I mean? I want to keep the car clean. And sure. for the same reason sure, Cheetos sure. are not allowed, because it's, it's not you. It's the extra work for me. <laughs> So instead of saying, "Could you get your greasy dogs off the dash?" Just say, "Honey, could you? Do you mind?" It's extra work and time. It's the Cheetos argument. That's interesting that you and time that I could be spending with you, but I'm going to be having to scrub the instrument panel. But I could be, (laughs) we could be spending time together on the deck. Good luck making that work. All right. But really, let's just go back to ask nicely. We'll end it there.
1: I remember reading an article not that long ago about a family that was in a minivan, and they were in a wreck that. Okay, it was a genuine wreck. It was an airbags-out wreck. Oh. But it wasn't yeah. a huge wreck. And everybody in the family, dad and the k- multiple kids, all walked away the minute it happened, except mom had to be life-flighted. Oh, my gosh. Because not a very hard wreck, but she had her feet on the dash, and the and that airbag did so much damage to her legs Mm. That it was a huge medical thing, mm. and that's just horrific. Now, look, uh, airbags are not foolproof. Seatbelts are not foolproof. All this stuff helps, but you got to use it right.
0: Yeah, yeah. For so sure.
1: you know, and I and I realize you know you're you're calculating about the worst case scenario here, but do be careful out there in the way you sit in a car because it's it. Yeah. The other one that the one that really always astounds me. I, I don't care who I see doing it. It's the driver, oh, with the foot on the window. Sill.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I just, every time I see that, and I see guys and girls doing it, every time I see that, I just think, when that goes wrong, what pretzel shape winds up at the end? That's just, that really just sends chills down my spine. Anyway, I I can't believe I'm (laughs) going to say this, but sit in seats right, people. Anyway, um, so there's that. Uh, Cam Automag on Instagram said, okay, (laughs) you have to jump one of your cars for reasons he can't currently explain.
0: Yeah, I noticed this. Which car is seeing
1: airtime? And I have the answer. Let's launch that mini. <laughs> I, I want to launch that I mini. I like it. I like it. I, I'm actually, I'm half excited now. And that, that sounds awesome. As I long kinda, as we can film it. I kinda, well, are you kidding? I kind of want to do it now. I'm kind of like, wait, 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 wait. You know, yeah, we could do the Top Gear thing and launch it off the ski jump. What do you town. say to your insurance agent?
0: Yeah, I, you know, it was stolen. <laughs> it got totaled. I How is less important than the fact that it's total? Don't really know. <laughs> okay, so I'm looking through questions here. Uh, oh, Bandit89 asked us, what do we consider to be a truck? Oh, this is hard. Where's the line between a car, an SUV, and a truck? Line's getting more blurry with small SUVs yeah, and large yeah. cars, which I agree with. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I think it's pretty straightforward, and that okay. is body on frame. That's where I was going to go to, yeah. The expedition is body on frame, even though yeah. it has independent rear suspension, which is why I like it so much. You can yep. tow a bunch, but it still has independent rear. Mm-hmm. It's very rare because the Suburban's got a solid rear axle. Mm-hmm. But yes, body on frame to me kind of is the delineation sure, because there's sure. so many big SUVs that are unibody. Yeah. yeah but yeah, I don't I see that. I mean, I don't really consider it a truck, even though they're big. Yeah. So it's not size related to yeah. me, it's body on frame.
1: Okay. All right, I'll give you that one. That's good. The old school. That's good. Uh, Brandon wrote in on Instagram and said, what are our go-to defenses for friends and family who ask questions about us owning exotic cars? Ooh. Well, first off, exotic is relevant. I mean, it's relative. So, you know, what's the thing? The thing you always say, Paul, is a great one, and that is, you know, everybody has a hole on which they feel their money. That's my continued argument. And so, you know, yeah. somebody says, how can you own a car like that? and i'm 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 not saying this to suggest start a fight, but my point is whoever is asking you that question, they put their money some somewhere you think is frivolous, sure. So yeah. that's that's a tough argument. I've had conversations with people at gas stations. Now, granted, my big thing is with the Lotus Elise, it looks much more expensive than it is. Does that have a V10 in it? It doesn't, mm-hmm. actually, which is, yeah, the V10 would fit in the entire car. <laughs> I wouldn't fit Still anymore. my favorite question yeah, ever. It is awesome. <laughs> but people have asked me about it before, and one of the conversations I've had with people is, you know what? My car payment's probably about like yours. Yeah. Which reframes the conversation.
0: Yeah, it, it first it strips people's gears. Yeah, but and it, but then you have the conversation. So you know, if
1: you have a you park next to somebody who's driving a brand new fill in the five seat SUV, it cost almost what my Lotus did, probably or more more depending on how much on the, the nice loaded out Honda Accord. Yeah, mm-hmm. more than the Lotus. So that's a conversation. Now that doesn't that's not always the case. Maybe you spent a ton of money on it. And if you spend a ton of money on it, I go back to what is the thing they spend a ton of money on. What's the problem with somebody owning a nice car? You, it makes you happy. You own a nice car, okay? Mm-hmm. If 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 your exotic, honestly, if your exotic was genuinely hurting family and friends somehow, that, uh, your family's going without because you own an exotic. That's a problem. But come on, drive a car that you find fun. And what's the thing they do? I we all have our thing.
0: Mm, drive sure. a fun car. Sure, I hear you. All right. Well, there's a, a question on here about cars and coffee from Simtar Star. Oh, I like this. Yeah. So asking yeah. for quick, basic tips for a first-time Cars and Coffee, where do I park? <laughs> Am I supposed to find other cars like mine and park near them? You know, sort of find your friends, find your people. Or is it only cars from people who register? How do you not be obnoxious? How do you kind of fit in but still stand out? What do you do? Mm-hmm. Honestly, there's really no rules unless it's big enough where there's people directing traffic. Yeah, If yeah. it's just a lot and people are showing up, there's no rules yeah and if people are congregating in the middle of the, the aisle you can slowly cruise through you know it's yeah. a way a yeah, yeah. for them to get to look at your car and say oh so and so is here mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then you cl- slowly cruise through people start to move they'll be respectful and if people are congregating in a space between other cars and you want that space go ahead and start backing into it start yeah. kind of making noises and, hey, guys, I want to get in there. Do you mind? Excuse me. Yeah. Everybody's going to be real cool, I guarantee you, even though it doesn't seem like it at first. But nobody has claim of ownership over any parking space (laughs) or any section of the parking lot, I guarantee you. You can go park next to other cars. Sometimes it's cool. But on the other hand, do your own thing. Yeah. Park where you want. Show your car next to something. If you see a car and there's an open space and you think, oh, my car looked pretty good next to him and – he next to me. Yeah. Why not? And There's he no rules. I agree with that. He doesn't
1: say what kind of car he has either. True. I, I'm going to say the big thing is go and embrace the fact you're a newbie. Yeah. If yeah. you're parking in a space and you're not going to park there because we're trying to get all of the fill in the car here parked in a line and we need that space open for that. Okay, cool. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Just be really open about it. Keep in mind that when you get there, most cars and coffee, not all, most cars and coffee, people will back their cars in. Right, right. Most of the time, people will not uh, park nose first. Our local uh, Park City Cars and Coffee is interesting because there's multiple rows at which everybody backs it. And then like the upper row, they just pull in nose first. And I'll give you weird things. When I had the FRS, I parked kind of on the edges of it because I was like, it's an FRS. I like it. I love it. I think it's a great car. I'd love to show it to you, but it's an FRS. I'm going to park over here. Mm -hmm. With the Lotus, I don't mind parking in the middle of things. So, yeah, so you kind of yeah. can get a vibe of what is your car, and do you think it matters? I don't think you have to park with everything of the same mark. I don't think that's necessary. I don't but, either. But I would say more than anything, look, I'll just give you the the fly on the wall variation of this. Go to your local cars and coffee. Park on the outskirts. Walk up and see what the scene's like. Yeah, that if way you've when never you go, been there. And just, when you go next time, you know what you're in for. Sure, yeah. but go low expectation. I will give you only one. Please do not.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Please do not try to show everybody how awesome you are when you leave the parking lot. There's no extra revving. There's no random burnouts. There's no trying to make a corner fast because, A, that's when it often goes wrong, and, B, across the board, when you've heard about cars and coffees
0: getting closed down, it's because of too much of that. Yeah, and Mustangs leaving the parking lot, trying to do cool burnouts, and that's and the cliche that one. But
1: but it's all. But honestly, every single time yeah. there was a, one a, a one in L.A. that got moved like three times over the course of me going to it, and it was always because of crazy loud burnout weirdo traffic. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything about other than the fact that people are doing things when they're leaving that you can describe as hooning, and it just was too much.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, what else you got on there on your list? Uh, so many. Um, Wow. Okay. Where do I go? Uh,
1: quick one here from David on uh, on Twitter. He's wanting, to, he's wanting to do tracking. He's concerned about consumables. He's saying, if I do like a track day or two a year, am I okay?
0: Yes. Yes. For brakes and rotors and tires yeah, and all I that mean, stuff you're saying? Are
1: you, look, you're going to shorten the life of all of those things. But I don't think you're going to be a situation where in a single day you
0: blew out any of those things. Yeah, right.
1: If you were going to track every weekend major consumables twice a
0: year, you're probably going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, there's a question on here that's fairly extensive. I don't want to spend too much time on it because we could spend hours on this question. It's on Facebook from Christopher M asking about larger wheels and why are they better for performance? And can we explain why he's saying, you know, wider, just the contact patch alone? He gets that, but he's asking, you know, how besides weight and the amount of sidewall do wheels upgrade performance? Mm -hmm. Well, not necessarily. I, it Really, in this day and age, it's a balance of what you want to get out of the car because with carbon wheels and the proliferation of lightweight wheels, yeah. you don't have yeah, to yeah. go very large or you can go larger now to get the lower sidewall Without and the, the wider tile yeah. tire. You can go that way now. Yeah. But in general, in the past, it's been because of weight. I mean, my favorite is when you see giant SUVs and 24s and you know all this stuff and the or brakes 30s. are tiny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I do want to get to your comment here, Kirk, about uh, you know sketching and why they look better. It's all about proportion. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, the car industry couldn't really support twenty-inch wheels as a common. Here's a stock bolt on the hubs, sure. and the the sure. actual car design, the wheel arch opening, the clearance when you turn wheels. Mm-hmm. You know when you're turning mm-hmm. things in there. They couldn't really support it, but now they can. Twenties are very common. Yeah, it's kind of shocking how common winter tires on the Jeep that are twenties. They're yeah. Bridgestone Blizzak twenties. They make them that large. Yeah, they even I think they make them even larger. As a matter of fact, sure they do. Yeah. Now, you would also ask, well, hang on, why are Formula One cars? Why do they have such? Tiny wheels and large tall sidewall tires that's an entirely different category and that's because at that level formula one car suspension is nearly nothing and the engineers are calculating the tire flex Mm -hmm. into the geometry of the suspension because there's such little suspension travel they can't have that much suspension travel Mm -hmm. so they're counting on more tire sidewall to be able to to have that suspension, even though they're, you know, really high speeds, all that kind of stuff. So there's yeah, a yeah. a real trick between weight and balance and width. So, mm-hmm. yes, for the most part, it is for width. But you'll see a lot of, you know, just private race cars run 18s. Why would you run 20s when you can just run 18s? Mm-hmm. The tires are less expensive. They're lighter. Generally speaking, that tire gets heavy or the wheel gets heavier the bigger you go. And, yeah. You don't want that, especially it, in racing. And if you want it to stay light, the price goes up almost exponentially.
1: Yes, the rim gets bigger. I mean, the the short answer as to why this started is because of trying to avoid sidewall flex. If you can get less sidewall flex performance because you have issue. a lesser sidewall yeah. and it's got a stiffer sidewall on a performance tire, we can go with a bigger wheel, we get less flex, oh, the car is now more precise. That's theoretically where we started, but you're right. There's so much give and take happening here and what matters for the car because the other side of the equation, it gets big enough now that you have no cushion from the tire at all, and it's just a brutal ride on anything but the world's most perfect track. Yeah, exactly. So that's the other side of the equation. I mean, it really is. Look, look. I'm going to go a different way to explain, explain the issue. Look at the difference in the stock handling between the ND Miata mm-hmm. and the stock F86. Right, right. Or GT86, sorry. Look at those two. The difference is the 86 is a fairly stiff chassis. The ND has a lot of body roll they're both gripping just fine. The difference is what kind of feel do you like? And they can get into that as well. Look, you can, I mean, there's so much testing that can be done here that we shouldn't even have this And there's discussion.
0: lots of articles that have been written and lots of testing by a lot of magazines, mm-hmm. you know, going the plus one, plus two, and yeah. then going the other way.
1: You can over tire, you can under tire, yeah. you know. And theoretically, theoretically,
0: the car company has done plenty of R&D to go, that's probably the good sweet that's spot. That's my other point. And with that, they haven't just plopped a set of wheels and tires on it. They have calculated a lot about the suspension geometry and what the car is designed and marketed to do. So there is a reason the car yeah. at the high end, the sport model, comes with that size of wheel and tire. Mm-hmm. And I keep wondering, why isn't the M2 only – why does it only have 19s on that car? Well, proportion – and, Kirk, this gets into your question. Mm-hmm. He's a mechanical engineer, and he's, he's uh, got an industrial designer friend from GM. And, yes, it's all about proportion – all the car guys sketch cars with – if you were to make that car, they'd be the equivalent of 30-inch wheels and tires. Look at the Fisker Karma with it. its, like, 24s. Right. I can't believe how much the Fisker Karma has come up in this podcast. That's it's amazing. Never it never me, does. Yeah. But, yes, it's, again, coming back to proportion, it just looks better in the sketch. But if you try to translate mm. that into mm. something like the Fisker Karma, it's just – it doesn't really quite work. It would be better with a little bit better mm. proportions that – are more uh, they resolve themselves better rather than forcing it sure and so when you see big huge wheels and tires on a car and it's just uh, i know you wanted to do it but you would have been better (laughs) off going to 19s or 21s or something in there instead of the 24s something like that so in this day and age the big answer we could go on and on about this but it is a balance of cost the ride comfort you want to get out of it, or the sportiness and handling you want to get out of it. Mm-hmm. It has to do with the the sidewall height. Mm-hmm. And wheel weight. What are you going do with stuff, that? All these factors. And the weight, because Kirk, you bring up the carbon fiber wheels. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. we can go big wheels now and be actually lighter than 17s or 18s. It's crazy. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. So
0: it's changing constantly, but you have to go for what the car is. And then ultimately it kind of comes down to how much do you want to spend? Yeah. It's like driving on the Autobahn. It really is a factor of how much money do you want to spend on fuel? That's mm. how fast you're going. Mm. Unless you're super duper rich and whatever, you don't care, but You kind of get what I mean. It's just how fast you're going depends on how much money you want to spend that day. Maybe everybody drives faster on Fridays because they get paid. I don't know. Just a theory. I think it's Friday. (laughs) Uh,
1: Miata Baltic Adventures wrote in with a mini debate. I want to see if I can cover this real quick. He's about to have um, the next three months for his job. Just for the next three months, he's going to commute more than 200 kilometers a day. Holy moly. So he's thinking about buying a car for this purpose. So he's just going to have it for a few months. He's going to buy it to put a ton of miles on it. Okay. I'm wondering, it sounds like because you're talking kilometers, you're not in the U.S., but I'm going to start with the U.S. version of this car, the Chevy Volt. Mm. So it's the Opel, what was it, Ampera? The, the Ampera. Yeah, 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 overseas. Yeah. The reason I say that is because they've dropped a ton in value, so you can get one pretty inexpensively, you're going to have, you know, uh, like 25 miles, so let's say 40 or something uh, kilometers on all electric. And then it's going to get decent, but not great gas mileage, but decent gas mileage. You want this to be a four-door car that could also carry family and a dog if need be. It's big enough for that. I also think at the end of three months, it's going to be almost a wash in what the car's worth. Hmm. I think you're going to lose very little money in that three months. I don't think, I mean, they're not worth much now. I think three months from now with a bunch more kilometers on it, you're lost a little bit, but not much. You get in it, you get out of it, you can be done. Now, look, we could go chasing off a bunch of other tiny little hatchbacks, but certainly do this as well. But I just, that car stuck out in my
0: brain as, you know, just get it, commute in it, be done with it. I like that. There's a question over here on Facebook from Thomas P. It says, favorite air freshener scent. Oh, gosh. And least favorite, too. Well, my favorite air freshener scent, well, it's just really the scent of leather, like leather conditioner worked into the seats. Mm -hmm. And my least favorite is anything that doesn't start with L and end with ether. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So anything else, like pine or potpourri or whatever, or that poopery stuff that's in all the Vegas casinos, it's called poopery and you can buy it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that lady who invented it prints money. Anyway.
1: Uh, Jay Doherty, 787 on Instagram said... Convince my wife that an Envy Green Fiesta ST is a cool car, Uh, that is impossible. (laughs) I cannot convince your wife of anything, and my guessing is you probably couldn't either. Uh, But having said that, back to something we said before, what would she like to have? Yeah. Because a Fiesta ST is not – I mean, look, it's more expensive than I'd like to buy a purse. We talked about the purse tax before on the, podcast, yeah, that's right. on, the, on the podcast. People have talked about the kitchen tax. One guy wanted to have a really nice car, and his wife said, I'd like a really nice kitchen. And he bought her a really nice kitchen, and there he went and got the car. So so, but what, <laughs> what, what, is the thing, so. what is the thing she would like to have? Because here's the thing. My wife, who understands my crazy proclivity for ridiculous cars, if I brought home an Envy Green Fiesta ST, she'd be like, wait. So where are we going? Wait, wait, wait. What That's actually you your car now? I mean, yeah. she, would, she would have so much of a struggle with me having that car. And she knows what a bad case of this disease I have. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, have a conversation with your wife about, look, I just want to do this. It's going to be funny. I, I, I want to enjoy it for a bit. It's not going to be a forever car. I just want to have it for six months or a year and just enjoy this car. Why not? It's a fun color. Let me play. And see, I, I, she loves you. She's going to find the reason why that makes you happy. But the question is, what equivalent kind of thing? I'm not even talking cost. I'm talking about what's the crazy little thing she'd like to have. Yeah, have the conversation from that point because convincing her it's a good idea, it's not a good idea. It's a Fiesta ST. It's a ridiculous car, but man, is it fun! And get it in a crazy color. I applaud you for that.
0: Maybe to be less than seven thousand five hundred dollars. You know, who knows, man? That, that color, maybe. Who knows? Hey, steel. Just saying. All right. Well, our friend the Reese, uh, Reese asked if there could ever be a resurgence of wheel-to-wheel racing, or do we think motorsport is less relevant to the average working guy than it was in the fifties and sixties? Well, yes, I, I take your point, and I think you mean anything that is not the highest level of racing, like mm. Formula One, even Le Mans, even you know some of the the yeah. GT classes in Le Mans. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely get your point because a lot of the high-end racing is dominated by teams with money. You, yeah. you win and you're competitive only if you have money because you can buy everything. It's like the New York Yankees. They just mm. buy the talent, right? <laughs> okay. Discuss. I know that's a controversial statement, but I'm just throwing it out there. Well, for that it's sports. I've lost. I was just talking about the well. i hey, You get the point, but yes, I, I still think there is. And the resurgence is coming in the form of everybody discovering it or people watching series that aren't the highest end. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Pirelli World Championship is a great one. There's wheel to wheel racing, genuine close quarter yeah. Yeah, racing yeah. in that. And it's not the high end, but you've got Audi R8s and Cadillacs. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's still privateer race teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Chance invites us out to the track many times, and I wish we could go more. He shoots but,
1: amazing shots at those things, too. Yeah. yeah
0: and, and there's genuine, at the, almost, you know, I've, I've just crossed over into the pro ranks. Mm-hmm. I used to be amateur, but mm-hmm. I'm running a team now. You know, those kinds of race series, whatever they are, I, I still think that resonates with a lot of people, and people are kind of into that more, even though I do love Le Mans. I love yeah. Formula One. I think, you know
1: what, you're touching on something that's that's on me as we're talking, and that is I think the average person, not the race freak, the average person – I think when they recognize the car as something that looks vague like something on the road, I think it engages them more. Why do NASCARs have Toyota and Chevy badges? They're right. not a car you could buy, but there's that yeah, they're, yeah. they're trying to get that connection to something you could own. Oh, it looks kind of like
0: an Impala, not and they're, really. And they're nothing. Yeah, the the name is so the think, only thing. I they think have in when common.
1: you see Ferraris and Lamborghinis and these kind of things, you know the the Corvettes that kill it in the in their series but it it feels connected to cars you see on the road. I think that connects more people. I don't know that racing is ever really going to grow again, but I think I still feel like that connects people to it.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, what else? Anything Uh, else? We've
1: got uh, Duncan Yu wrote in on Facebook. I found this one. I'm still debating it. I think it's that difficult. Track Daily Crush. Oh, okay. Fiesta ST, Civic Type R, GTI with Performance Pack. Ooh, track daily crush. I do think this is difficult. Ooh, I, hmm, I, I think I have an answer. This is one of those answers where I may change it after we record the podcast, but (laughs) I think this is my answer. Okay. I think the track car is the Fiesta ST because while it's not the fastest of that group, it's, it's a laugh and it's disposable. I, would, I wouldn't feel any mechanical sympathy for hooning it until it broke and then fixing it or buying another one. Now, you've discovered they're $7,500. They are. Fiesta ST, track car, why not? Now, a big track is going to run out of breath, but it's just going to be fun. So Fiesta ST for the track car.
0: Hmm.
1: I'm, I'm considering in this situation, I went to the extreme part of the daily. I'm commuting in Los Angeles. I'm going to go GTI, and I'm going to shockingly crush the Civic Type R. wow. I know you're surprised. I'm surprised too, but I think that's my answer.
0: I'm crushing the Fiesta ST because of yeah. your reasons. Because it is so disposable and <laughs> it's Disposable anyway. Uh, Trash compactor here it comes. Yeah, I, I want the the power and the feel out of that Civic Type R that I, I love. See that. I see that. It's fun. It, it would be very be fun. Brilliant on mm-hmm. track and commute in the GTI okay yeah. all right cross the fiesta because they're disposable they're seven five hundred dollars clearly doesn't don't <laughs> they, you have that on you right now those of you
1: that listen that are still paying off a of fiesta
0: st from <laughs> you hate us so much this podcast <laughs> you don't even have words you knew it was coming back around because yeah. they're keep dropping in price you can't say well anyway we'll leave it there what else uh i had a la- uh, last one remember the exige i mean xc we drove
1: Oh, yes. Yes. He's selling that car.
0: I saw his he's note selling to us. that car.
1: And so his question is. <laughs> Why, are you, you writing, thinking something? No, 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 no. I have, I, We're I, launching can, the Mini off the no, cliff no, no. and you're he, buying that? His, no. His question is, if he's coming out of that car, okay, supercharged Elise, the the ease okay, he's coming out of that car, GT350 or Corvette C7? Oh, oh. Tough, huh? He's talking uh, about 45 grand, so he can't quite reach into a grand sport, but 45 grand he could start getting the bottom of the used GT350s. Interesting that they're there they're there. Which now. is crazy. And he could get a C7 Corvette. I actually think the Vets the better call. For I, the all around you're thinking? I, well, I'm thinking about who he is and what he's coming out of. The GT350 is a car with far more personality, but it's going to feel like a house coming out of that Elise. The C7 is a big car, but the C7 is a big car because everything's big after coming out on those cars. But the C7 is a car that the faster you drive it, it really does get smaller. It's surprisingly small and agile, especially when you see how big it is. And I think uh, if you're stepping up in power and in size, the C7
0: is going to feel a lot more natural to you than the GT350, so that's why I'm going there. Interesting. I I hear your arguments about the personality, but that's the reason I'm choosing the Mustang. I can see it. I can see because it. Because it's got so much personality. It size. Does. I have to take size out of the equation. Yeah. 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 It's a big car. It's different, but it's so unique and it just seems to fit with his driving personality. Because he has a it's just uniqueness to the Buzzing with energy. See that.
1: I see that. I, I take that point. That's a hard one, though. It is weird. It is weird because I can see uh, we're sitting here talking about it right now. We're debating it out as we're both seeing both sides of the issue. Yeah. But I think. I think C7 has the the driving lineage of that, at least in it somewhere.
0: All right. Before we let you go, Stephen S. asked us about the 2019 Rolls-Royce Cullinan. I wondered if we'd go here. I I won't spend too much time. I have a crazy thought on it, and that's really all I have. But keep going. (laughs) My seventh-term instructor at Art Center, actually, Marek Georgievic, was the principal designer on the original Phantom when it came back out. And he had to design for a particular market, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And his thoughts were yacht lines and mm-hmm. the upsweep of the lines related to owners who had boats and ships and mm. stately mm. kinds of thinking. And that's why that car set the design tone for what we're seeing now in this yeah. monstrous yeah. hulking thing that gives <laughs> 80s Volvo 240s a run for their money in terms of sharp square dumb looking boxes it's nearly 6000 pounds is it really it's ne- of course it's it 5800 pounds of course it is i question why we have to keep going with that theme that is over 10 years old now mm-hmm. as far as upright unbelievably boxy and i'm thinking this is the future of car design mm. surely not this is this is where it's, we're at yeah. is in terms of Something that says luxury, I get the stately part. It's got to be big and imposing, and yeah, that means yeah, stately. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the same kind of thinking that most CEOs or CEOs of big companies are tall people. That's mm-hmm. their studies and that kind of thing, even though that's not – that's a big generalization. But yeah. that thinking that, oh, it must be big and stately and in your face and all that stuff. And I get that Rolls Must do that. They've done it since the 20s. And they
1: want it to look like their brand. I see that too.
0: But man, is it ugly. Yeah, it's... um, I'm not happy with it. Yeah. I hear
1: you. Well it makes it, the bentega look sleek see, and low I, to the ground. See, I don't agree with that. I actually think it's still more attractive than the bentega, but you do. but but at the same time, I submit to you. I submit, submit to you that the only reason In you fact, think the bentega's better is you've had time to get used to it. The bentega design's been with us fair. And scaring our eyes for the better part of the last <laughs> two or three years. This just dropped now. I think this probably also in the metal, which, of course, we haven't seen it that way yet. I think this, especially in person, is going to look better than the Bentega. but that is such an unbelievably low bar, everyone <laughs> is going to be baffled by that's not even a success. Uh, it does look like the Rolls lineup. I hear what you're saying about does it need to. I I saw this, and I had one thought. Okay, <laughs> I don't think this will happen. If anybody knows the right contacts to make this happen, I would love it i want nothing more than to take that and go do slick rock in moab i want to go do fins oh and things gosh. that we did with oh my that gosh. because because this is the whole this is the whole design brief is they theoretically are talking about They've they've beefed up their air suspension. They've changed what the air suspension's going to do. Instead of just being worried about ride, it's going supposed to supposedly supposedly take huge undulations and major differences in what the wheels are doing. And it's got all this power. And they're talking about the torque. And it's, it's they're 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 claiming huge off-road capability. And I read that and I went, I want one. I'll take cameras and we're going to Moab. I want to make
0: that Holy thing climb. Holy That thing has got to be one and a half, almost two times as heavy as the Jeep we took. 5800 oh, pounds. Does it have a crawl mode? Can you disconnect the sway bars on this puppy? Don't know. But this is my point. If you're going
1: to throw down with, we made this big stately land barge, and guess what? It can, it can go off-road. I want to go try it. I don't, want to, I don't care how fast it goes zero to 60. I genuinely don't. I don't care what the top speed is. It's going to be a house on fire with an afterburner. I want to know, okay, I want to follow that Jeep Rubicon around fins and things in Moab and go, what can this do? And then I want to cackle <laughs> like a child while that climbs a rock. Or doesn't.
0: Or doesn't. <laughs> either way. Either way, I'm laughing. Either way, it's a great day out. That's an entire show series. Cars not in their element. Why not? But but that's the <laughs> how thing. many cars are they claiming of? it is their element? Their element. Wow, I- I'm floored by that visual imagery. Okay, so we have to leave it there, and they'll probably sell jillions of these things. Every rich person on the planet's going to buy one. You know they I- are. I'm very curious to see who the actual owner of that car is. Honestly, oh, holy cow. Guys, thank you so much for writing in. We're really appreciative of all the questions constantly. Keep writing to us if we haven't gotten to your question. And if you've got a car debate, everydaydriver.tv at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And also on the website, everydaydriver.com. You can contact us there to send us your big car debate for sure on the website or at the Gmail. And then, Mm -hmm. of course, all the Mm -hmm. social media questions are just what you heard. Thank you. There's a lot of cool stuff on the podcast coming next week. Can't wait to share. Stay tuned. Cheers, everyone. Technology Truths, brought to you by
1: GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor.
0: What's with Janet's fangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? (laughs) LOL. And sent. Wait, no, 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 no.
1: Truth, it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com.
0: Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something.
1: GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.